Are you, are you ready to do your sweet promo? Mm-hmm. Sure. And, hi, this is Dave. I, uh... Hey guys, I'm just I'm here to talk to you off the cuff about some stuff. Hey, hey what? Um... Wow, we sure did have fun. Um, stay tuned for all the fun, but um, here's some business that we need to take care of. <laughs> is that good? That's so good. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, okay. Five, four, three, two. Hello, HTWOW listeners. Thank you for finding the January 2019 episode of High Tea with Old Waver featuring myself, Dave Lane, and Toby Pipes. Right there. Say a word. Word. Okay. Uh, Before we get to the show, we want to talk to you about all of the things that have happened in the last month that are so exciting that make it easier for you to follow us and to rep us and to support us and to be part of the HTWL community that is going worldwide. Right, Toby? That's exactly right, Dave. You're doing great. Okay, so uh, first of all, if you want to talk to us, if you want to uh, get a hold of us, htwlpod at gmail.com. Also, at Old Waver on Twitter, at Toby Pipes on Twitter. Easy enough, right? Okay, then if you want to follow us, if you want to load us into your podcast player, go to oldwaver.com. You can find all of the previous episodes. You can find all of the ways that you can subscribe. It's a uh, great clearinghouse to uh, figure all that stuff out for your own self. And if you want to uh, share this podcast with your buddies, if you think you know somebody who's a big enough music nerd that they'll like this, then uh, just send them oldwaver.com and just say, hey, bro, check it out, bro. And when you go to oldwaver.com, there's two things that I want you to check out. First is the merch store. If you click on merch, then uh, it'll take you to Zazzle. You can go to zazzle.com. I love Zazzle. And then you can uh, see all of the stuff that we have with the HTWOW logos on it. So there's like t-shirts and hats and pint glasses and scarves. scarf no the scarves aren't on there guitar uh, picks. guitar picks um uh beer pong tables uh cornhole sets t- no one's bought one of those yet but they're there t-shirts and i said t-shirts and other stuff you know beer, it's a it's a merch store beer mugs okay and then the other thing is click on premium premium is very important because if you like this podcast and you think that, uh, man, I, I love HTWOW, but I just wish I could get more. I wish that when the podcast was over, that it wasn't over. Three hours is not enough. <laughs> right. That these idiots are still going to be talking later and I wish they were recording it. That is what premium is for. If you click on the premium link at oldwaver.com, it will take you to our patron page and you can sign up uh, beginning at the $5 level, get you access to a koozie and the HTWOW After Dark podcast, which will debut this month. And so it'll be you and me, Toby. It's and, only $5? Uh, yeah. That's great. That's the minimum. You know, you can go up from there. There are, there are tiers, but uh, we will have uh shout outs to our our uh, first class 
of uh, HTWOW patrons. We'll we'll give them shout outs by name. That's good. And uh, we will play songs and we will uh, wax poetic about uh, all of the stuff that we have talked about tonight and all of the things that we think are funny um, on sports. Are we going to need to go back through and, and, and pick what we talked about? We'll figure it out. It so, might not be exactly what we said. Who knows? Who knows? See, that's the thing. You, it, It's going to be absolutely off the cuff. Uh, we're just going to be rolling tape. We're just going to turn gonna, the mics on. We're going to turn the mics on. We're going to be super wasted, and we're going to play some tunes that we want to play for each other. And, uh, you know, we'll just see what happens. And maybe it won't be worth $5, and you'll cancel, and that'll be fine. Time to go get tank. Time to go get tanked. So there let's all get tanked together to and we'll listen to HT Wow. The end. Oh, they, they would sniff tobacco? Yeah, it wouldn't snuff something that they I don't would. Know. We'll look at we'll get westerns out <laughs> later. <laughs> so uh don't, drinking's fun. Yes. First episode of the new year. It is episode 19 overall because we started in August, which throws the numbering completely off. But uh, we are 
a year and a half into this wonderful experiment with you, our dedicated listener. I hope that we have lots of new ones. Because we of, did. Lots of new what? New listeners. Ones. Oh, listeners, yeah. We've always been on the Blowout Podcast Network since the beginning, and they've graciously allowed us to continue. And so if that's where you listen to us, that's great. But we also uh, welcome all of you who are now listening to us on our own channel, the HTWOW channel, on iTunes, on Spotify, on Stitcher, on TuneIn Radio, um, I don't know where else. The last, uh, the December one was the first one that was on all of this new... Right. I mean, all the old episodes are on all of our channels, but that was the, the December episode was the very first that we launched on our very own. And, and it coincided with the relaunch of the website, oldwaver.com. And it coincided with me filling in during dry dock on the ticket, which, which was great, which great was job. so much free advertising. So thank you. If you listen to any of the fill in work that I do with Corby or with Danny, uh, and then you uh, bookmarked oldwaver.com or you subscribe to us on any of the aforementioned uh, podcast aggregators, servers, whatever the hell you want to call them. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Uh, we hope that you will tell all your friends who like um, esoteric music and drunk people trying to carry on a conversation for two plus hours. Because mm-hmm. that's what we do. HTWOW is a song swap and a beer swap. By the way, my name is Dave Lane. His name is Toby Pipes. Hello. I am uh, on the Twitter at Old Waver. He's on the Twitter at Toby Pipes. You can also reach both of us at htwowpod at gmail.com. I mean, we have so much to to tell you about. I know that uh, at the beginning, we kind of uh, kicked things off. We haven't recorded it yet, but... At the beginning, we'll kind of tell you all the stuff that you need to know to uh, follow the podcast and support the podcast. But let's just suffice it to say to go to oldwaver.com and then you can figure it out. Yeah, because it it might be hard to understand at the beginning anyway. We're usually, that's the last thing we do. Yes, if you hear the promo at the beginning. Yeah, that's the last thing that we record uh, before our late night sessions, which let me get to that in a second. And so, yes, when we have the little promo at the front, it may be disjointed and terrible, but that's because that's when we're at the most drunk. Um, We also want to remind you of the format, if this is your first or maybe second time joining us. HTWOW is a beer swap and a song swap. So Toby brings three songs. I bring three songs. I bring a beer. Toby brings a beer. We play songs for each other. We drink beer and we get tanked. That's all you need to know. There's really not a lot to it. No, there's not a lot to it, but hopefully you find us engaging and entertaining enough to put up with the banter in between songs, and then you enjoy the songs enough to want to listen to more of the songs. I think that's the important bit. Well, I don't know. I've talked to people that said that they don't really care so much about the songs. They just want to hear us get tanked. They just like driving around and we're just talking to them. Right. It's like they're hanging out uh, with their friends. Which is, which is fine. It's nice. I like friends. I do. I, I love friends. And I've met many uh, 
really good HTWOW friends over the last uh, month, six weeks. I like the pictures on the, the gram with people holding their new the merch. Yes, That's yes. That's new. Yeah, if you want to search out uh, HTWOW Pod on Instagram, you can follow us there. And yes, there's merch to be had, as we mentioned at the top. And uh, if you get you some merch and you take a picture with it, we'll post it. Because we, we want to spread the gospel of HTWOW and, and we need your help to do so. Yes. So maybe at this time next year, Toby and I will be sitting on a big, giant pile of cash. Mm-hmm. And Everything then, will be and then we'll, throw a, we'll throw a big party for, for everyone. Mm-hmm. And charge. Free, free booze. Oh, never mind. Well, I mean, we'll charge like... $100 cover, but then you get free booze. <laughs> yeah, that works out. We'll do the math. It'll, yeah. it'll be fine. Well, what did you... Um, should we? Do you want to talk about the beer, or do you want to talk about Dry Dock? I have a couple questions. Let's, let's uh, package the Dry Dock questions, and let's talk about the beer so we can get to the tunes. Okay, yeah. So, um, okay, so I did... Was this from your normal spot? <laughs> no, no. Okay. I, I, I called an audible today... And I'm kind of regretting it. So I, I had a uh, I had a recording thing. I was at my usual uh, place down in the quadrangle recording crap. And instead of going to the place, the seagulls there in the quadrangle, I wanted to change it up. And I wanted to try and kill three birds with one stone. I needed to get gas and I needed to get lunch. Uh-huh. So I decided to go to uh, Fuel City. Oh. And so I went and I got... Uh, Did you get a taco? I got a quesadilla because <laughs> I figured it might be easier to eat on the road. Okay. Um, so I got a quesadilla. Uh-huh. And then I got, uh, you know, a, a couple of, of uh, non-alcoholic beverages for the road. And then I got my sixer. But they didn't have a huge selection of craft brews. Mm-hmm. And they certainly didn't have any of my patented 10% to 12% beers. Well, that's all right. This is maybe it's a good thing. Do they have one at Fuel City? Do they have like the you know the beer cave that's at the at um is it Abrams and um you know over there by yeah, Lakewood yeah, yeah. Landing? Yeah, Li- uh, Live Oak or something. Yeah, do they have a walk-in? I, if they do, I didn't find it. Okay. They do have a, a number of beer coolers, but there's only one that is kind of craft and local. I love the walk-in thing. Yeah, the walk-in is great. Especially in the summer, you can just Yeah, because then you can just take your time and get blasted by 32-degree air. I love it. I want one of those in in my house. Just a cold blast room? Just a cold blast room. I don't don't want a safe room. I just want a blast room. Well, I decided uh, after much debate and looking at the ABV of about a dozen beers... I went with this one. It's it's five point five. So, so you're searching out the strongest. Yes, of course. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought that, that was always just a. Well, uh, I mean, uh, usually it's a coincidence. Like the first thing I grab is really strong. Yeah. But it's always my goal to find the strongest thing in the case. Yeah. I mean, one of yours actually said it's either this or higher. Right. We just we just don't, we even, don't know. even know. Yeah. So this one's five point five percent. So we're. We might have to just drink faster. It tastes good. Yeah, but this is a community beer company out of Dallas, Texas. And I hadn't seen this before. It's a public ale, an English-style ale. And it's got the nice uh, kind of uh, pub sign with the, the shield mm-hmm. on the uh, the can. I definitely see what they did here. And they're right. It does taste just like a 
It's like a English pub beer. Yes. Inspired by the British public houses or pubs, this beer was brewed to bring people together. I mean, it is good. I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know the... Do you have any relationship with the community? No. Um, people? Do you know where I've they been, are? I've been there. Well, they're right next to the, the Mavericks practice facility. Is that in Deep Ellum? No. It's uh, right across 35 from the AAC. Oh, okay. Oh, they're over there. Yeah. Okay, Like cool. kind, of, kind of the design district. Yeah. And there's... Uh, I forget what other breweries are over there. There's Lu- a couple different ones. Lou Stewart? Yeah, right by, right by the jail. But uh, yes, I have been to... Um, It'd be cool if Lou Stewart had a brewery. <laughs> like they made all the inmates yeah. work in yeah. the brewery. <laughs> it's not a bad idea. Um, and so I've been to communities uh, like their, you know, their tap room on like a Saturday when you can do the tastings and you can play cornhole and stuff. It's good. But I've never had this one and I like it. Public ale. Yeah, it's good. It's really good. I felt like this would be... That you would be happy with this because I ordinarily try to sabotage the show from the beginning. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, usually after your two beers, things get a little uh, weird. Well, drink drink this fast. Yeah. And then uh, maybe we'll be ready for another after this song. You know, I think it'll even out because the one that I have is maybe a little more than I usually get. So see what's, see so, what's so happening there? So it'll all there? even out yeah. in the end? Okay. Oh, and I think that we'll all be dumb at the end. Probably. And uh, that brings me around to the thing that I wanted to mention before we get to the tune, which is the uh, H2OW After Hours podcast. So this is going to be the first month that we do this. We've joked about it for many, many months about, uh, you know, we'll be talking about a band or we'll be talking about uh, a song and we'll say, oh, we'll, we'll listen to that on the Late Night Deep Web podcast. Yeah, or there's more songs from the artists that we're playing. Right. That, hey, yeah, we need, to, we need to listen to this later. And sometimes we, sometimes we do. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, or, sometimes it's just empty talk and we, we don't. Or I have diarrhea and I, I go to sleep. <laughs> Pass out in the bathroom. But, um, but this time we are going to do it for real. And we are going to post it on the interweb. But it's going to be for uh, subscribers only. Yeah, and I have to warn, it's probably not going to sound that great. Yeah, I mean, it's... I'm just going to turn the mics on. Yeah, it's going to be a trial run. We're going to... I mean, if you are a subscriber and you have ideas on how you want it to sound or what what you want us to do, then by all means, tell us. But yes, the debut episode of H2OW After Dark will happen... Late night tonight, after we've finished recording this, and then we've had dinner and more drinks, and maybe other stuff, and then we'll come back in here and we'll play music and uh, probably take some calls. Well, unless you've figured out how to do that, just we'll call our not. friends and put them on speakerphone and sure hold it by the microphone. It'll be all right. That'd work. It'll be fine. Okay, let's we're... go. Let's go to song. Let's get going because the last pod was the longest one we've ever had. Yeah, I hopefully we will. Um, it was Christmas though. Yeah, it was, it was we the did Christmas have, special. We had a lot to talk about. Uh, you know, we had the the Nine Inch Nails, Jesus and Mary Chain show, and all of the disaster <laughs> that went along with it. So please, after you listen to this one, if you didn't listen to December, go back and uh, revel in how stupid I am. 
We have a, well, to preview what's coming up, to keep people listening, there will be a cat update. Yes, there will be a That's cat update. Nice. I have my uh, um, music report that I'm going to do on... Your book report. <laughs> my book report on one musician or producer. I picked musician again this time. Okay. I've gone back. Um, and, you, uh, and you're going to kick us off. You usually like to play newer things. Yes, and I am playing something new, although it's from uh, last year, from 2018. That's still um, about I mean, it's 30 new. years it, newer than anything that I will be playing. Yeah, so it's kind of new. And um, this is something that I just stumbled upon uh, in the last month. It's a uh, band from Manchester. And I think on like Twitter or something, I saw uh, some English blog that I follow. They posted a list of like the top 10 albums uh, you know everybody does their year-end lists right mm-hmm. and so this was the year-end list top 10 releases out of manchester for 2018 and so you know i wasn't familiar with most of it uh, shadow party was on it which we played back over the summer that's the side project of uh new order and and devo mm-hmm. the members of those yeah members yeah. of the those bands yeah um and so i was kind of uh skimming through the different uh, bands that I wasn't familiar with on the list. And this one really jumped out. Their third album, Build a Tower, came out in the, this past year, and it reached number 18 on the UK chart. And uh, I guess they're, they're kind of um, Manchester folk heroes, and uh, they are kind of uh, very much in the vein of stuff that we've played from uh, the the north of England and and points north like Twilight Sad, and uh, young young people. Yeah, they're 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 young younger youngish. Okay, so uh, they, I mean, like they around, haven't been in twenty bands. No, they've they'd... been around since two thousand three. Yeah. Okay. You know, so they they are old pros, but they're not old dudes. Right. If that makes sense. They're not from some band we used to listen to. Right. I guess they were. Uh, they were a different. They were uh, operating under a different name when they got together in 2003. They rebranded themselves in 2009 mm-hmm. as the Slow Readers Club. Oh, okay. Are you familiar with them at all? No. Okay, so this is uh, the Slow Readers Club, and as I said, it's it's very uh, sad, um, post-punky, synthy, weird, um, but I think it also has. Just kind of enough weirdness, uh, uh, enough brightness to set it apart from uh, a lot of other stuff that's out there. So let's listen to Slow Readers Club and the second song off of their third studio album, Build a Tower. This song is entitled Supernatural, and it's not an Imagine Dragons cover. On HD Wow.
It's like, you're partying back there. <laughs> I'm partying, bro. What do you think? That's really cool. I like it. It's, um... Yeah, you, you whipped your head around at some point in the middle of the song and said, I... I figured out what they sound like. So it's, what, what did you think? Well, they sound like a couple of different bands, but the singer definitely has a Roland Orzabal thing going on. Yeah. Did you think that? Like it yeah. sort of has a mid, not the super early Tears for Fears, but that kind of mid, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know where to place the verses, but the chorus, when they finally hit the chorus, it totally had a Tears for Fears yeah. vibe to me. Yeah, the uh, the verses and stuff kind of, you know, it could be a, you know, Franz Ferdinand, a couple of different bands, but definitely when he hits the chorus, I think his parents were playing some Tears for Fears when he was in the car as a child. Probably. Why not? They're, they're they, uh, really they, good. They, by the way, um, you know, I mean, and honestly, they're still very much an up and coming band. It's funny because if you look at their wiki, it, it was, like, written by the president of their fan club. <laughs> but uh, I guess um, in December, they played, uh, like, three dates with James, opening up for James. I almost said James. That makes total sense. Yeah. They would be great with them. Yeah, so, uh, and the front man's name is Aaron Starkey. So that's a four-piece, at least, you know, as represented here on, on the wiki. Well, that's cool. That's very... Um... I can, uh, you know, like when you watch House Hunters and they're like, I can totally see myself having a coffee and sitting in a breakfast nook. Right. I can totally see myself listening to this band someday. Yeah, I mean, I, I they have uh, definitely a handful of other really hot tracks and maybe we'll uh, play one of those on uh, the uh, late night HTWOW after dark. Um, but yeah, I mean, their first two were self-released, and this last one came out on a label that I'm not familiar with called Modern Sky. Cool. So, I mean, the fact that they, you know, reached 18 on the album chart in the UK and got written up in some end-of-year lists, good on them, and now they're on HTWOW, so... Really good for them. Sky's the limit, bros. If, if, yeah, no, you guys really, you made it. Um really good for them if it's almost independent releases and they've gotten in the top 20 that's yeah i don't know uh let me see i'm gonna look up modern sky and see if anybody is on that that we may have heard of yeah modern skies what do they look like um, gosh, I don't know that I have seen a picture of them. Let me see if I can, um, hold on. I have a thing in my, you know, what you think they, what, what do you think they look like? Handsome. <laughs> okay, hold on, hold on, hold your horses. I am, I'm not really going anywhere. Um, so Modern Sky, other bands on their roster, The Blinders. Beyond Average, Calva Louise, Catholic Action, <laughs> Josh Goddard. I'm kind of into Catholic Action. <laughs> no Hot Ashes, Pixie, uh, Red Rum Club, Retraw, Spin with two N's, SPQR, and the Slow Readers Club. 
Cool. So, uh, no one that we need to care about, evidently. Other than the Slow Readers Club, but I'm still trying to find their picture. Doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, is it not what we were thinking? No, it's it's exactly... If you... Okay, just... Uh, before you look... Okay. Before you look, just... Think to yourself what a band of nouveau goth working class dudes from Manchester would look like. A four piece a four piece from Manchester. Yes, a four piece from Manchester, and then look at that. Okay. <laughs> yep, that's them. Yep. They shop at the same stores I do. <laughs> yeah, they're all in black. I think they're... I'm wearing what the singer's wearing right now. Yes, he's wearing black skinny jeans, black t-shirt, and black hoodie. <laughs> and then there's, I, I assume it's the bass player with the beard. Gotta and, be, And right. then the short guy is the drummer. And then the guy on the left with the button-down shirt, he's probably the guitar player. Yeah. And the one, like, if they need to rent a van for some reason, he has some money. He has the credit card. Right. I like this band. Now I wanna I wanna know more about the Readers Club. Maybe I'll send them some requests. <laughs> hey guys, I played you on my podcast. Do you wanna be friends? Good God. <laughs> oh, speaking of, that reminds me. So last month we uh, we focused on failure uh -huh. as one of my bands. And Stephen Street. Yes, Stephen Street was yours, and one of my bands was was the band Failure from uh, L.A. Mm -hmm. And uh, the uh, drummer from Failure, uh, he not only liked it, he like commented on it, and yeah. then like reposted it, and then uh, sent me a friend request. Really? Yeah. So we're I, we're I super we're say, super tight now. Our buddy Taylor Tatch that we went and recorded at his spot. In the hill country, yes. A few pods back, he was very impressed by your failure pick. Yeah, I'm glad, and it makes sense that that Tatch is with me on failure because I I lamented that I felt very alone in my love of failure, the band. It seemed like and, you got some backup on that. In general, yes. On the on online comments, that, yes. Uh, people were very happy. Yes. That you played failure, but we also got. A like of all likes. No, Stephen Street. We got a Stephen Street. Yes. That's I, I like I like dude. to imagine that Stephen Street listened to the whole thing. Like it was sitting in his English manor, having a cup of tea and listening to HT Wow. He does seem like he would have a manner. Yes. He what would. what qualifies it as a manner? I don't know. Acreage. Acreage makes manner? I don't know. Acreage in uh I don't know. Probably has to be like five thousand square feet to be a manor, mm -hmm. don't you think? Yeah. He and probably you, he probably has a, an English garden. He yeah. probably sat out in the gazebo and uh, had his little Bluetooth speaker <laughs> and was listening to HD Wow. Yeah. So hey, uh, Stephen Street, if you're listening to this episode, uh, thanks for subscribing. And we love you. Break me off a twenty. Yeah, and, and uh, if you're going to be in the states. I'm sure that uh, Toby would love to work with you. Yeah, I'll be there in a few months. Maybe he can come out oh, to one of the yeah. gigs. Are we going to talk about that at some point? Do you want to? Well, not now. We'll talk about next it. Next month? 
Yeah, later? maybe the the month before we go embark on the UK tour. Okay, yes. So big news on the the Toby front uh, as as bands are reactivating for at least a week. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, let's uh, let's switch gears. Let's get into the uh, the homework assignment of Toby Pipes for this episode. Yeah, my book report is on Mick Jones. What do you think about that? When I said it earlier, you didn't really jump out of your seat. Well, I, I guess, um, you know, I, I'm a Clash fan, but I'm not a Clash super fan. And I'm also a fan of Big Audio Dynamite, which was his uh, project after the Clash. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't a super fan of that either. So I don't think I know enough about Mick Jones. So that's why I think it's exciting that you're doing this yeah. because... It's a it's a good primer for me because well, I, I don't I need to go deeper. I well, need to understand when I was, him. When I was looking some stuff up, there was a lot of things I didn't know. I also there was a few bands, you know, in the late seventies, early during the punk, uh, you know, Sex Pistols, The Clash, um, Buzzcocks, they were in a band there was a band before the Clash called the London SS. Oh god. I know, right? At the time, they didn't think of it like that. So he's kind of gotten some heat from that later on. But they weren't really thinking it was like a German thing. But you know, Joy Division, all kinds of people used to have yeah. stuff that referred to that, but they didn't really... It wasn't that they... They weren't supporting they weren't, they weren't Aryans. They were just trying to shock with their their name. It, it was very fashionable to, do, to wear German... Right. Coats and do Yeah, thing. because it, it's the late 70s. It's, you know, what, 30 years after the war? Yeah. So, like, the London SS would have had a guy from The Damned in it, or Zig Zig Sputnik, or, you know, it's one of those things, but they just kind of kept changing members, and it never really happened. But they were all in, like, a squat in Camden. Right, So yes. it was, like, real punk stuff. Yeah, so uh, he met Joe Strummer... In uh, Shepherd's Bush, when he was 21, and then their rehearsal space was in Camden Town when they formed the Clash. Right, right. So, w- yeah, exactly. So when he meets Joe Strummer, then the Clash starts, and then, you know, a lot. Of, where do you sit on the Sex Pistols? Because a lot of people like to put, you know, there's the Oasis Blur, and not that the Clash and the Sex Pistols were against each other, but they were by far the big ones, right. as far as I'm concerned. I I am a uh, I'm a Sex Pistols hater. Oh, you don't like Sex Pistols? No. Okay. I'm a Sex Pistols hater, and I I like the more I don't know. Malo- Why? What's the What's the deal? I I mean, they were a one trick pony. I mean, I know that that's what that's why they were what they were. But, you know, I wasn't, I don't have the benefit of uh, seeing them in context. So in hindsight, I don't, I don't enjoy their music. And then, you know, all of the stories about Sid Vicious and what a, just a giant colossal asshole and misogynist, (laughs) just dirt bag. See, I kind of love it. I, I just can't get behind them. See, they're one of those bands that I almost love the story more than the band. Yeah, I but, mean, certainly the the lore of the Sex Pistols is greater than the band, the but, Sex Pistols. But they're also the exact opposite of. Um, do you do you hate? 
Pearl Jam or do you really just hate all the bands that they spawned? You know what I mean? Right. Where the Sex Pistols is the opposite. They spawned so many, you know, it's like the right. every ba- every New person Order that was Joy at the Division Manchester a, yeah. first Sex Pistols show started the coolest bands that have ever Yeah. cuz they saw that and it changed everything. Yeah, I I do I do not doubt their historical significance for one second, but do I ever want to listen to them? No. Do I, no, I uh, hold them up as heroes? No, because I just Well, that's the that's kind of what I was getting to. For me, the Clash Compared to the Sex Pistols, is a completely different thing. Yes, the the Clash. Were, I feel like they're super were musically, talented. Were musically accomplished and adventurous, and yeah. went in so many different directions into dub and they reggae weren't just and punk. and yeah, the guy and that pop and everything. Yeah, and the guy that led all of that was Mick Jones. Yes. So let's um, let's hear a. a a Clash tune. Do you have a favorite Clash album, or you're not? You just kind of. Um, it's kind of a whole catalog for you, or. You know, I I probably, I mean, I, it's cliche, but I probably would say London Calling. Mm-hmm, sure. Or any of the, you know, Combat Rock. I guess that record was their huge one. Right. I, I, that video played on MTV. But there's just uh, constantly on, on uh, London Calling. I mean, there's there's several of my favorite Clash. Tunes and I, like I said, I don't go super deep into their catalog, but like the Magnificent Seven and Train in Vain and uh, Lost in a Supermarket. Yeah, Lost in a Supermarket to me, White Riot is what kind of takes them out of. They're not really. You can see what where Mick Jones is going. Right. Right. Like he's doing pop stuff. Yeah. That's really interesting, and the lyrics are interesting, and the, I almost played that, but this is the song after. Lost in a supermarket on the record. I can't wait. I can't. I can't remember. I'm playing some vinyl, and I love this song because of the super, super simple guitar hook in the tune. See if you notice it. It goes just like this. On HD, wow.
long and long Long and long right oh my god yes that is such a great song it's one of my favorites it's just the there's a live i want to say the video for that is a live version but i'm not positive it was it reminds me i don't know if you remember in the uh the texas senate race when beto o'rourke said that ted cruz was working for the clampdown oh really yeah (laughs) That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I um that's that's a clash song that came around later for me. And I think that it did because it was right after Supermarket. Mm-hmm. On the but I love that they're kind of throwing the organ in there a little bit in yeah, the background they, they, and I mean it's they're very starting, they're starting something. Right. It's very uh you know, three chord punk, but mm-hmm. then there's weird changes and weird instrumentation and weird call and response things and they just throw in a bunch of stuff that no other punk band would do right and what i was getting at before the uh the simple guitar lick that's memorable Mm -hmm. so when he goes working for the countdown (laughs) it's it'll come up later in the in the uh next thing i'm gonna play of him being he's just a really good guitar player and he thinks of interesting things that aren't guitar hero stuff they're just things you'll remember right which you know that's the best stuff that stuff sticks around but you know he's also when i say we're doing a book report i don't have a lot of info on this whole thing it's probably good anyway he just has some good tunes and we're gonna play them so that's about all i got on that (laughs) <laughs> but you could hear like um you know once once they get to um kind of the bridge part and it's it's definitely mix part mm-hmm. it sounds like big audio dynamite right you can tell that's where they're going right and the band that he was in for a few seconds right after i'm guessing it's on what you're looking at no i i don't know the surprise I don't, okay i don't but go yeah, ahead, i, did, I didn't i didn't know there was anything in between honestly there is and it's really strange and you know these songs super well and probably had no idea that mick jones was on them probably not pretty cool huh yeah i uh, i'm getting my uh clash mixed up because um I've listened to, uh, I've listened to a lot of 
London Calling, but I've also listened to a lot of uh, whatever their singles collection was. Okay. Yeah, so uh, Magnificent Seven was actually on Sandinista, and I, I, I got it confused with London Calling, so I wanted to correct that so I don't sound totally stupid. No, no, no. We, we sound dumb all the time on I this know, thing. I, I know. I get things wrong pretty much four or five times an episode. But we're not Martha Quinn. No, that's true. What, are we supposed to know everything about every deal? We're just saying stuff. Yeah, so uh, the story of The Clash Volume 1. That's like the, you know, that's like their big uh, collection thing. Yeah, and the Combat Rock album's the one that all the videos were, I think they were opening up for The Who on that tour. Right, and that And has, so it uh, just looks like when they're singing Should I Stay or Should I Go, you're like, golly, The Clash is massive. But that's there's a drum set behind their drummer. <laughs> Because the Who's about to play, right? Um, but they and that were... also had Rock the Casbah. That's when they kind of died, right? After that record. Well, that's when things um, got weird with Mick and Joe, I think. But they filmed the Rock the Casbah, I think, in Austin. Really? But you know, when they're outside of the Burger King and the whole deal, I think that that's um, that's at UT. But I don't know. Once again, I'm just saying stuff. Right? Who knows? I think I did pick up Combat Rock on vinyl at some point. I think that's the only vinyl clash I have. I mean, it's one of those things that, like I said, I, I, I listened to the crap out of London Calling because I had it on CD when I was a kid or, you know, in college, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I had the story of the Clash Volume 1. Um, I think I maybe stole that from uh, The Merge. You remember uh, when 93.3 was the merge? Yeah, of course. Of course I do. And so uh, when they did their, their format change, you know, because they, they shared a floor with the ticket. I want to say uh, Jeff K. Yeah, was Jeff, at the merge. Jeff K. Right? He, was, he was a... Uh, I mean, he's got a, his name has to be mentioned every single podcast. I know, podcast, yes. yes. So, so this is the is mandatory again. Jeff K. Uh, mention. But yeah, he was a web jammer. That's what they called their... Uh, they're jocks on merge. They were called web jammers. Yeah, because they uh, <laughs> they didn't necessarily uh, pick up the phone in the uh, studio. They would uh, correspond with listeners on the website. And that was brand new. Yeah, and you could request songs on the <laughs> website for merge. Could you imagine Redbeard tolerating <laughs> that? He would. There's no way he would do that. <laughs> no, during like a jalapeno back. Yeah. So then they uh, when they announced that they were switching the format from merge to the bone or whatever it was when they went classic rock for like a week god why did they do the bone why did they do that then they had uh they had like a closet that had like all of their library of of merge uh cds and so i was up there you know and it wasn't i I wasn't stealing in that i wasn't allowed i just was one of the first that ransacked it if you didn't, it was going straight in the dumpster. So I know. it doesn't matter. Yes. Yeah, so it's, I, it's I believe. It's funny that they used to have CDs, though, right? I know. Yeah. I, that they were, uh, you know, at the cutting edge of digital radio <laughs> and they still had CDs. Um, but yeah, that's how I ended up with a copy of uh, the, oh, uh, the story of the clash. Wow. Was that when you were doing some sweet tickers? Mm, I don't know. I think that's just when I was uh, doing some sweet rant and I still had the Prince Valiant. So good. I know. I saw that you did the age picture. I know. I, I got suckered into that. Who starts that? I don't know. Mark Zuckerberg. He did it. I don't know. Well, you look great, and you look great then. Um, 
Speaking of the ticket. Uh-huh. Um, so over the break and over the ticket break, should we mention who the ticket is? Because they're kind of a struggling radio yeah, station. Yeah, I know. Not many people who listen to this podcast probably know about it, but it's... Uh, well, I, we're international. I know. Yeah. So if you're listening outside of uh, Texas or the Dallas-Fort Worth area, the ticket is a little radio station on uh, the AM dial that mm-hmm. uh, is a sports radio station. Which recently they got an FM Yes, they do. Uh, they, signal, yes, they're they're on FM, so good, good but they're still them. really just a, an AM station. They're just so hobbling you know, along. Yeah, theticket.com. But during the break, that's when all the uh, regular hosts get their time off, and usually, and I don't think this is a secret, it's a beating. Um, but you guys, you filling in that week, and you saw the comments. Y'all, you got y'all did so good. Thanks. Thanks for knowing that. Thanks for saying that. Good. And you and Corby. It was. Um, yeah, it was a weird. Um, it it really was a weird dry dock things. because there were several dudes that had extra vacation that they needed to burn before the end of the year. So yeah, uh, Mike, Mike Reiner, had almost a full month off before he came back. Well, is that the deal? Is that why everyone takes the break right then? Is they save it for that? Or well, and the reason why Norm doesn't is because Norm takes 50 vacations a year. And <laughs> yeah, Norm Norm operates under his own rules. but He should, actually. He gets to do whatever. Uh, they, they, I don't know. I don't know how the... I don't remember because it's been so long since I was in the loop. Mm-hmm. I don't remember how the ratings calendar works. But I know that there are periods of time that are that don't count in the ratings okay and so that's why they try and cram all their vacation in like in the summer like in june Uh and july yeah right before uh training camp right and then right around christmas time now the christmas time is weird and i know bob hates this right because it's it's the stretch drive of of football season it's the playoffs yeah or their playoffs are about to start and there's the bowl game like everything is happening right then with probably the biggest sport that they discuss on the radio and yeah. everyone takes off for two weeks. Yeah, I know. It's it, I know it's frustrating for them. I heard uh, Corby and Mike when they had their first or second day back the other day and they, they were trying to remember the last Cowboy game they even talked about on the air because it was so long ago. Yeah. Well, was that fun for you? When you're up there, is, um, is, is that everyone's vacation? Is there no one in the building? No, the, I mean the it's definitely winding down, but there's still people in the building. Okay. Um, but yeah, I I heard I heard good reviews across the board from many P1s that this was the best dry dock ever. It, it really was. Like usually it's it, tough. an automatic punch out. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I can't do this. And man, well, and also I think people are used to you and you and Danny having a. You know, the morning thing that we used to fill in for every now and then. Right. That, but you you guys, it was awesome. It was it was very pleasant. I hope that uh, they stick to that for next year so we're not all totally lost. Yeah, it was it was extremely fun. I'm always very honored to be asked, and um, hopefully we did good enough to merit further uh, invitations. That- I just want to get... I want to get in the... Uh, I want to get in the rotation if... Um, you know, like uh, Donovan has diarrhea. Exactly, the sick ro- 
rotation. Yeah, or, you know, uh, Gordon has gout. Have you ever done a show with just you and Norm? No. Well, I take that back. I think maybe when... Maybe when we were out at Colonial one time, I think I did a segment with him. He's very uncomfortable to do radio with because whenever he's speaking to the listener, he is looking directly at you and making really meaningful eye contact with you the entire time that he's speaking. He's a Hall of Famer, Dave. He is. I mean, you know, it's. I guess it, that's his way of personalizing yeah. the uh, his his lecture on sports that he's doing he's picturing you naked that's what makes him mm-hmm. so comfortable with what he's saying and i think that makes sense but yes i had i had a great time i got to do um seven full days of of yeah. afternoon drive you were and, there every and then day. uh i i came up there the following week after christmas and got to hang out with uh danny and robert walonsky and rhett miller did that, um did you make a couple of mil that week uh, I haven't gotten the check in the mail yet, so I'm not sure what the final total is, but I mean, it was at least six figs, it's at least six easily figs. six figs. And, uh, by the way, I did ask Rhett if he would be on HTWOW someday. And he said that, uh, if schedules allow, he would love to. So if he's ever in Dallas and you get your mobile situation up and running, mm-hmm. then maybe at some point we'll have Red on. And uh, Mike Reiner has said that he wants to be on. So oh, wouldn't that be great? Yeah. So we, we you need to get your your uh, your, See, he's your the suitcase only, going. He's the only guy now that's on the ticket that likes uh, gayer music than us. Right. Yeah. Like he's he is uh, come. All the way around, he hated the gay 80s during the 80s, and now he is a bigger gay 80s fan than I am. I know. I mentioned uh, he played Japan the other day, and I sent Danny a message like, did did Reiner just play Japan as a comeback end zone on the ticket? I think I, he I, think I tipped him off on Japan. Good, because didn't, Danny didn't answer me. Dingu didn't text me. Yeah, back. every once in a while, uh, Mike will ask me uh, for some recommendations, and I'll, I'll, I'll shoot him some stuff. Well, maybe you can send him that first band that you got, or maybe this, whatever, listen to this transition, or maybe this next (laughs) band you're about to play. (laughs) Okay, so this next one, I'm very excited because, um, I don't know, it it has a a little to do with your theme in that it's uh, it's a guitar icon, much like Mick Jones. Okay. Um... It's a, Do you think that that's his real name? Is that on the Wicca thing? Because Mick uh, Jones sounds far too cool. It can't just be Mick Jones. Well, yeah, no you don't way. have to look it up now. We'll no, do I, it. I, I have it. No, and you know what? He was born Michael Jeffrey Jones. Wow. 63 years old. That's cool that if you just get named Mick Jones. Yeah, why not? Or do it's we par- think that it sounds no. like a rock and roll name because that's his name? I mean, any anytime Mick, you know, anytime your Michael is short for, or Mick is short for Michael. It's a good move. It's a good start, anyway. It is a good start. All right, so, um, so I want to play you a song from a super group known as the Raconteurs. I know them. So the Raconteurs are, of course, Jack White and... Uh, the other, I guess, main part 
of the super group is Brendan Benson. Yeah, who is a fantastic singer. Yeah, Brendan Benson is is a great singer-songwriter in his own right. Uh, but then he and Jack White are uh, good buds, and they get together from time to time to do this Tours project. The other guys in the band are Jack Lawrence, who plays with Jack White in The Dead Weather, and uh, Patrick Keeler. Uh, he is in The Greenhorns with Jack Lawrence. So they have, uh, you know, I guess they called Detroit home because they're both from Detroit. Yeah, but I think there's even besides that, there's like a weird Memphis um, connection with yeah, everyone. Yeah, because because that's where the the third man is. Is that in Memphis or is that in Nashville? Okay, yeah, okay. They're they're based in Nashville, so they they okay. met in Detroit, but they're based in Nashville now. Um, they've put out two uh, full length records. The first one came out in 06, entitled "Broken Boy Soldiers," and that had the the steady as you. The steady as she goes, steady yes. as she goes hit that they're riding in a they're in go karts going down a hill, right? And then, uh, in 2008, they have uh, Consolers of the Lonely, and then uh, they've been extremely quiet for the last decade. But this year, uh, they have reactivated. They, uh, I think they're gonna be doing some festivals. The I guess the rumor is that they are going to have a full-length record out later this year, but uh, as of right now, they only have a single, an A and a B side. Mm-hmm. Have you heard any of this? No, no. I, I only know anything about what Jack White is doing through the uh, War Stick stuff. Oh, right, yes. He's so, he's so rich and so multifaceted. He's like the... Uh, He's like the indie Jay-Z. Yeah, but that's his Dallas connection. You know right. when we were in the Hickory Street Annex? Oh, is that is that where uh, the uh, Warstick offices are down in Hickory Street? No, but that's but where um, Ben, across the parking lot from us, he had an office over there, and every now and then he'd roll over. And But now they're in, he's in Major League Baseball. Yeah, Ian Kinsler is an investor and one of their... Uh, main yeah, dudes I would say that, the, that uses the bats. They're the top three guys, and they are based out of Deep Ellum now. Offices or like think, where I you can actually go in and I buy bats. Uh, I think that's their factory. Like I think they make them there. I yeah, but I think there is a storefront yeah. that you can kind of cruise in there. And you can make a custom bat if you want. Yeah, which is really cool. It's very cool. I, uh, I mean, I, I am very much a. Uh, a Jack White fan in that I think he's a genius. I'm not a huge fan of the White Stripes. I'm not a huge fan of Jack White's solo, but I do love the raconteurs, and I think it's really because of the Brendan Benson influence that kind of focuses Jack White a little bit more. Yeah, he's a... uh, Brendan Benson is a... If you don't know anything about that dude, look him up. The uh, the Brendan Benson album that I remember was The Alternative to Love in 2005. I really like his style. He is definitely more pop than Jack White. And then mm-hmm. when you put them together, it creates something uh, interesting and different. And so I went with the B-side. So there are uh, two songs on this thing that came out last month, back in December. Is this on Jack's? You probably mentioned it. Is this on his label? Um, I imagine so. Third Man or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, 
Yeah, I think it was it was through. Yeah. Okay. So Third Man Records uh, reissued their last full-length record, and then released a seven-inch of these two songs. Okay. So they they've just put out two tunes. Yes. It, the, and so, the, like I said, this is um, everyone expects that they will have a full-length. Uh, before festival season this summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but right now, there's just these two new tunes. And uh, the A-side is Sunday Driver, which is, uh, you know, kind of a, more of a rock, um, you know, swampy, jammy number. Sunday Driver! Does yeah. it kind of sound like that? Uh, pretty much. Oh, cool. Um, and then uh, I decided that I wanted to play the B-side, Now That You're Gone. And... Very much like we were talking about with the Clash, so the the song structure, the kind of the backbone of this song, now that you're gone, is very traditional, but everything is just a little bit off. Just it's it's like in a weird key, and <laughs> they just do weird things. You know, it's it, because Jack White can't do anything that is just straightforward on the face of it, it is what it is. Yeah, that's all right. He, he likes to uh, challenge the listener. And so he does so, but uh, he does so with the, uh, I guess, the, the guiding hand of Brendan Benson. So let's listen to the raconteurs with their brand new hot single, Now That You're Gone, on high tea with Old Waver, H.T., you're gone 
You know what I'm saying? Just everything's a little off. Yeah, but I like that. It's like, um, it's still pleasant. You know what I mean? They're trying to be weird, but not overdoing it. Right. It's cool. And it has a little Motown. Dun, dun. Yeah, I feel like the 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 chorus really reminded me of, do you remember the Golden Smog? Mm-mm. The Golden Smog was like a 90s super group that had people from... Uh, it was like Jeff Tweedy from Wilco and the Jayhawks. Scorpions. The Scorpions, Y&T. <laughs> Striper. <laughs> Quo. But, it, you know, it just reminded me a little bit of that kind of warbly alt-country thing from the 90s, but it also, like you said, had kind of that Motown, uh, you know, kind of the very elementary rock and roll thing that that uh, Jack White likes to do, but then it had that just a little weirdness to it. It's cool. And and so I'm guessing that's Brendan singing. I don't know. I don't know how they split the singing on that one. Um, because the voice... I think it's cool that Jack White knows that maybe Brendan is a better singer. Yeah. he. Uh, I mean, Jack definitely sings on Sunday Driver. Uh-huh. But yeah, I I wasn't sure on that one if well, they split the singing duties or if that's all Brendan or what. Man, it's cool. I'm glad you picked the B side. I don't know what the other one sounds like, but I'm glad well, you picked it. Maybe that. we'll hear it later on the. Maybe we will. It's too after dark. Totally. Um, did you ever see the uh, the the documentary that Jack White was in with uh, Jimmy Page and the Edge? No, and and it the might reason. Get loud. Yeah, and the reason is is because. I don't know. It depends on who you are, uh, like what type of music you you like. But some people really love the edge parts, right? And some people really hated that because he used an echo pedal. We can't like it. It's not real. So he, you know, a bunch of people threw that out of it. 
and then Jimmy Page didn't know every song that they were about to play, and that Jack White sort of took over everything. I don't know. I heard too much about it, so I never watched it. You never watched it? I did watch it, and I enjoyed it, um, but I did feel like... I did feel like that Jack White, even though he was the junior member of this crew, kind of asserted himself too much. Well, or did he need to because the other two dudes didn't really care to do this? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Was who's... it good? It was okay. I mean, you know, it's one of those things that if you're a music nerd, you probably need to watch at some point. Mm-hmm. Because there's probably something you can take out of it. But it, it was interesting because it's just the three of them kind of, uh, you know, in this studio environment. But it's more, it's kind of like a soundstage that's turned into a studio. It's kind of a hybrid thing. And it's just them talking shop and talking about, you know, how this riff came about or what was happening in the scene at the time. And. It's been a while since I saw it. I remember liking it, but I remember seeing it well after it was in theaters because of the same thing that you talked right, about. Right. That I heard, uh, you know, it's 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 kind of a scattered mess, and that uh, the other two guys don't really want to be there. But I, I remember when I did watch it, thinking, yeah, it's you know, it's okay, it's it's fine. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it sounds like it could be a cool thing, but it also could be like walking into Guitar Center at like 3.30. Right. And there's just people... Hot licks going on. jamming licks. And yeah. that. Even though they're awesome, I don't want to hear it. Yeah, I, I don't know. That is a weird thing about guitar that... I don't know. that Especially when you're talking about rock and roll licks, that... And I know, I'm sorry I'm using the word licks a lot. <laughs> That's what it is. Especially Jimmy Page is doing licks. But, right? Yeah, but you know, when you when you hear that out of context with the rest of the song, mm-hmm. that it kind of robs it of its power a little bit. I know I know that uh, Jack White and the Raconteurs aren't necessarily in the wheelhouse of HTWOW, but But I, it, it it is like say if this was 120 minutes they would be on the, do they get on this? And they do. I think they would. Because, yeah. And, and but like, I would say almost more because of Brendan. Yeah. And like I said, if 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 the Raconteurs are headlining a festival, that, that piques my interest. I'd like to see it. I mean, they're all very good. Yeah. And I, I you know, it's one of those things that where you, you, you like to see another alpha up there with Jack where Jack is not the show. Which I think he probably loves. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I'm speaking about Jack without knowing Jack and thinking that he's this egomaniacal, uh, you know, control freak. But he but also he pr- sells bats, and that's kind of cool. Yeah, but I mean, I, I imagine that that is why he loves this band, is because it is a democracy, and he can share the load, and he doesn't have to... He can just sing jam every, and not be the He doesn't lead have singer. to sing every song. He doesn't have to play every solo. He can have some interplay and goof off with one of his best friends and sounds awesome. It's fun. And they're all loaded and super, right. you know. So, uh, yeah, I wanted to play the Raconteurs for you. That's really good. Throw you a little change up. Uh, speaking of change up, another awesome transition by me. I'm getting so good at radio. You are. Um, 
I just opened this beer. I would love for you to have a taste after our last beer. Yeah, hold on. Let me finish. I'm on uh, public ale number three. I'm one ahead of you. Okay. I, I just, oh my God. Done. Okay, so now I am going on. I am placing your beer. It sounded like you had one of those can crushers that like this weird uncle would have that was connected to a tree. Remember those crushers that you would like pull a lever down? Uh huh. <laughs> what was that for? To save room? Uh, you know, if you yeah, if you wanted to throw it in the trash, it compacts it down for you. You can fit more beers in there. To save room in the trash? To save room in a landfill. Oh, is that what that... Okay. I didn't know that it was 70s recycling. I don't know. What's happening? I've got your, I've got your beer in my coos, so tell me about it. Um, it is called Blood and Honey. I'm very, very familiar. God, I'm wasted already. It's uh, from Revolver Brewing. Yes. Um, the they, hi- they were purchased by Anheuser-Busch, correct? I have no idea. Pretty sure. But I am drinking this because I was on the phone with, you know how we have to mention Jeff K in every episode? Uh-huh. You have to mention Taylor? Is that I what you're going to do? Oh my Taylor. God! So I was standing there and I was like, can you tell me what beer to get? Because I'm sick of looking at the cooler. Um, and this is what he picked? Well, he had like seven different things and he mentioned this during it and I happened to walk by it and I was like, there's that one. He's like, it's normal beer. Just That, that one's just a normal one. I know, it's garbage. And he was like, and I like it. Did you taste it? It's garbage, Taylor. Why does it taste like pumpkin? Does it taste like... I don't know, yes. Yeah. So did you say which, which revolver it is? It's the Blood and Honey. Yeah, and so I have only had Blood and Honey on draft and I... I I only get it very occasionally, but it's on draft everywhere in Dallas. And God Almighty! I have, I have never, like... I have never had it out of a can, and it's it's like um it's it's kind of cough syrupy. It tastes like vaping. <laughs> I swear it does. It tastes terrible. I always, you know, when you switch beers. It, yeah, you're, it's like you're, a wine your, thing. You have to get used palate, to it for a second. Your palate is affected by what you were drinking before, but the um, the blood orange part of it is uh, it's it's citrus that attacks your tongue, and then you have the the honey that kind of coats your tongue and puts your tongue to sleep. I can see that people would like this. And it would be a nice smell, like say, to have in your house around Christmas time. Mm-hmm. I just don't. I, Maybe it'll get better. Do you think? I hope. Maybe we need to put the other ones in the freezer. Mm. I might be get, moving t- back <sighs> towards. What do you think now? It's not sitting right. No. I'm telling you. See, we don't have to like everything. Do no, you? we don't. Because we're not beholden to any sponsors, but if you would like to sponsor us, we would love to talk uh, glowingly about your products. I would love to lie about Blood and Honey. Right. If if Revolver was paying us money, then we would talk to you about how crisp and clean and refreshing it tastes. It tastes like crayons. (laughs) It's unbelievable. That is not good. That's not good, Taylor. Mm -hmm. You were wrong. Thank you so much, Taylor. Oh God! I think I feel like I'm chewing on a burnt sienna right now. 
well, we have a couple of things to get into, but let's play another song before we <laughs> before we talk about Cat. Jesus. I know, right? Don't feel like you have to finish this. We're, we have. Other... Oh, I do. I have to drink at least two of these before the end of the show. No, I'm moving on already. No, no, we have to. There is we, no have we to. We have to. No. We owe it to the listener. Do you want to? Do you want to? You want your special surprise of Mick Jones? Yes. So this is the um, the random band between the Clash and Big Audio Dynamite. If you were going to pick the weirdest band that Mick Jones might have started after the clash. <laughs> I don't I don't even know. It sort of makes sense, but for just a split second, he was in general public. Okay. Do you know what I'm talking about? Around the English Beach. Yeah, kind of blue-eyed soul. Yeah. Somewhat. Do you know the band I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah. I didn't know he was in that. He was in it. Right at the very My, uh, start. Uh, so he he uh, did you know, he join rockin', it? Rockin' he... Roger and the whole thing. Right, but did he, did he join it or did he start it? I don't. I think that they all. It was he was just around at the beginning, like when the band started. I think he was just in it. Okay, yeah. Uh, according to Wiki, he was a founding member. Oh, it says founding. Yes. Okay, yeah. And so it says though he is listed on the credits of the band's 1984 debut album, All the Rage. He left partway through the recording process and was replaced by Kevin White. Mm-hmm. And, and, <laughs> so he's not and even... And he left during the beginning to start Big Audio Dynamite. Yeah, so he uh, he appears on the record, but he doesn't appear in the album artwork, mm-hmm. and he was gone by the time they released the record. Yeah, well, this is the deal. They had some songs written, and they had some ideas and everything. And when Mick was starting Big Audio Dynamite, he got uh, Dave... Um, is it Wakeland? I don't know. The singer, you know, the singer for the, for general public. I have no idea. I don't think that they had like a, like a bad breakup. There wasn't anything like that. I think that Mick Jones, at least the way I understood it, I read some article from the uh, singer, the general public thing about, hey, was Mick Jones really on that first record? And he goes, well, this is what happened. So... I think he's starting uh, Big Audio Dynamite with the video director uh, guy that used to do a lot of Clash videos and stuff. Right, Don Letts. I'm looking at the wiki. So yes, he was he was a collaborator and did the the visuals for the Clash. Yeah, but he wasn't necessarily really a musician. Right. But, but anyway, so I think that Mick Jones was getting into probably sampling and a bunch of other stuff. So he was starting that another band up after the clash and he wanted Dave to sing some oohs, ahs and stuff on what he was doing. And Dave was like, well, here's the trade off. Since you know, since you were a part of some of these other songs, can you come in and record a bunch of guitar parts? So he cruises in and just sits down and plays guitar on everything. So it wasn't acrimonious. It was just kind of an arrangement. Yeah, like, hey, you know, maybe something cool will come out of this. Right. Even though Mick might have started the band, he got into something else. Yeah. You okay. Know, I'm sure the days after the clash are probably really weird. Would you like to hear the song that I'm talking about? Yeah, so this is off of the debut record of General Public. Mm-hmm. And Mick is doing some guitar jams in it. So if we're gonna do a Mick Jones thing, let's throw in this. I wanna I wanna hear this. I wanna I, you know what? I 
I have an idea of what I think general public sounds like, and I want to see if it sounds like what I think it sounds like. Does that make sense? Oh, you weren't a big fan. I wasn't a big fan. I've seen the, the album cover. I know of them, but I, I don't know that I've ever listened to it. I do have a story about them, and then I'll talk about it after we play it. And it goes just like this on the, on the HTWOW radio station. What?
So that's cool, right? I feel like such a dumbass. Yeah, I've never uh, I, you ever know, I've, heard I mean, that the guy from The Clash was on the tenderness. <laughs> right. It's but, pretty cool. But uh, even more broadly than that, if you would have played that song for me and asked me, who is this? I, I mean, I, I would have guessed, like, uh, I don't know, Squeeze or Haircut 100 or... Uh, Spando Ballet, I don't know. I mean, I would have gone through a dozen before... I don't think I ever would have gotten a general public. So I feel like a dummy for not knowing who had that song. Because that, yeah, well, that is a that is an 80s staple. And they had like four or five hits. So after the 93 break... Or sorry, 83 breakup of the beat, um, Dave Wakeling and Ranking Roger... Uh, started a new venture with uh, the keyboardist of Dexy's Midnight Runners. Holy crap. That's awesome. Mick Jones of The Clash and bassist Horace Panter of The Specials. Uh-huh. And the drummer of Dexy's Midnight Runners. That t- all that so makes it was, sense. It was, it was a pa... Uh, it was, sorry. It was a punk ska mod super group. Super group. That yeah. makes total sense. Yeah, okay, so the beat was first. Yes, so the beat okay. was first. Well, um... I didn't know till yesterday that the guy from the Clash was on, had anything to do with that band whatsoever. So hopefully but, but there's a few people know. that are listening that didn't know that either. I didn't know. You didn't know until yesterday. I would venture to guess that most of our listening audience didn't know. So now we all know that Mick Jones was a founding member of General Public and kicked ass on tenderness. Yeah, and so in between his time with The Clash and Big Audio Dynamite, he did this super cool thing. That's kind of cool, right? Yeah, I... uh, So, can you tip your hand? Where in the timeline of Big Audio Dynamite are we going to check in? We're going to go the earliest Big Audio Dynamite. The first? I like all of their stuff. Right. But I'm going to go right... So you're not going to the Globe? No, no. Our Rush... (laughs) <laughs> um, I'm going right at the beginning because I'm going to hit on I really feel like he was uh, one of the major contributors to the start of sampling yes yes well, that's a whole other conversation that we can have later and yes we probably should play Rush or something on tonight the, the, the after hours yeah. late night pod they're all good and they when I was going over the tunes man I don't remember playing Big Audio Dynamite a lot in high school, but I must have because it was triggering a lot of stuff. Right. Well, they were they were one of those that if you went to the club, you heard a Big Audio Dynamite song. Mm-hmm. They that they were always played at the club. Yeah, it really it wasn't necessarily me. it wasn't necessarily something that you had and that you played in your room. Uh, you well, know, I know on, I had. I, it really reminded me of my high school car. Mm-hmm. Like I must have played it a lot and didn't even realize, but I was like, "Man, this is really reminding." What was your What was your high school car? Have we talked about this? <laughs> My high school car. Okay. Um, well, I know your car was cooler than mine, so you had like. I can uh, guarantee you, my car was cheaper than yours. Right, but you had like an MG or something. Yeah, I had a yellow MG midget, and it cost uh, eight hundred dollars. Right, but it looked awesome. It was super cool and barely could go over 70 miles per hour. <laughs> there was no way that my car could go that fast. <laughs> What'd you dra- what was it? I had a silver uh, 1989 Hyundai Excel. 
hatchback. Yeah, but you were guaranteed that was starting every time. Yeah, I mean, my my dad, uh, he and I went car shopping, and I really wanted like a Jeep or something, mm-hmm. and he wouldn't he wouldn't buy me a used vehicle. He wanted to buy me something that was in warranty. That's really funny. We um, when I was looking at cars, we one of my first thing I was looking at the uh, a Jeep. Why did we want Jeeps? I don't know. I really wanted a Jeep or a uh, Toyota Land Cruiser. Those were my dream vehicles at the time. Well, you ended up getting a Land Cruiser, didn't you? No, never had a Land Cruiser. You've had close to it. Close to it. I had a Land Rover. Maybe that's what I'm thinking. Uh, But my dad had it narrowed down to a Nissan Sentra or a Hyundai Excel, and I ended up getting the Hyundai Excel. Mm -hmm. And it was, you know, it it was very functional, but yeah, it topped out at like, 69 miles an hour. Yeah. My, uh, when I got my MG, I was only, uh, 15 because the used car lot in Huntsville, uh, that was kind of close to the square in the walls unit. Oh, oh, at the, 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 uh, state penitentiary? At death row. Uh huh. Um, about, like it was one of the inmates? <laughs> no, like three blocks from there, there was, was like a, there was like a used car place. And they had a Fiat Spider mm-hmm. and an MG sitting there. And both b- convertible. Both convertible. Uh, the Fiat actually went was fast. Had a wood steering wheel. Was cool. Did you look like a girl when you were driving? <laughs> like well, if I like if I was going the opposite way down like the main drag in Huntsville, and I saw you in your yellow MG with your long hair blowing in the wind, would I have like turned around and tried to chase you down? <laughs> Dave, rem- just think about what my hair looked like in 1987. I don't know. Was it flowing? It was. Was it beautiful? It was glorious. Did you get mistaken for a female often? Yeah, and I got waved at a lot because if I didn't turn the hazards on when I took a left turn, the horn would go off. <laughs> <laughs> so there was a lot of waving no matter what anytime I took a turn. But, um, so the Fiat, we basically, for a group deal for the two cars, got them both for $2,000 because the Fiat, the guy was going to sell it for $1,200 and basically threw the MG in for an extra $800. So your brother had the Fiat? Yeah, Todd had the Fiat. And uh, that car was, it had a Pinfarina engine and everything. It was really cool. But at the top of the hill, you know, like I'm saying, you were trustworthy that your car would start Uh uh-huh the mg already probably three months into owning it had two different ignitions on it and the fiat at the top of the hill one day when i was following todd he threw it into first and just they're both convertibles and just he started coasting back to me and i was like what are you doing and he held the stick shift straight up in the air with all the guts hanging out of the bottom of it and just looked at me like what so we just coasted back down to the house but that car was awesome do you know what that do you remember what those look like the fiat spiders it's like an alfa romeo yeah yeah i need to look it up yeah was it was it did it have t-tops no, no, no. Or the, was a full the on convertible? Was, they were full on like roadster convertible. Okay, thing. all right. So they all, they both looked really cool, but might not turn on anytime you get in them. Well, that's all that matters is that they look cool. Yeah, and I think I gave Mine up. Mine was extremely functional. Yeah. And I, 
I think I gave up on the Jeep idea when someone said, do you want another convertible or do you want this, there to be a top on this car? And I went, yeah, I don't want to hear the flapping wind stuff anymore because you could imagine what the MG, how sturdy that was. Right. But it could only go like 50 anyway, so whatever. But you looked hot. I did look cool, though. It's all that matters, really. It did look cool. Do you have a picture anywhere? Sure. And uh, find it. Depeche Mode just crank before you realize what the what power like um, like house speakers would draw from your alternator and stuff. <laughs> so you would throw like speakers in the back and just jam and strange love, or big audio dynamite, obviously. Right. And um, it was awesome. It was really cool. And you could only f- obviously fit one other person in it, or someone could sit on the the top and the back. Oh, right, like crouch on the folded up top? Or just sit up top on the convertible. Sure. <laughs> you get, you see what's happening here. It was like grease. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I could, um, in my Hyundai XL, I could turn the volume all the way up, and then it would almost be loud. That's awesome. Yeah, it was, it was a hot ride. My mother had a Honda Prelude. That's cooler than my car. Oh, it was so awesome. And the main thing was, and I was with her when she got it, the guy comes out and goes, well, the stereo that comes with it, it's really good. Um, But it also, you can spend an extra whatever and get this equalizer that lights up on the bottom that that was on the bottom of the deal. And to this day, it's the reason why Todd and I know what, you see the EQ that I do all your Uh stuff with? It's how I know what all those numbers mean. Yeah. Because it was in my mother's... How, 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 many, uh, how many EQ levers or, or sliders did the, the Prelude have? I want to say the Prelude looked just like that API EQ right there. But the, but the levers lit up. Yeah, but there's, no, but there's no way it had, what, like 10 levers? No, I think it did. Really? Yeah. It was like... Because super... I think that like the, the first real um, stereo that I got... When I was in junior high, mm-hmm. it was like a uh, it was like a radio uh, tape deck with detachable speakers. Yeah, <laughs> it was like a boombox with detachable speakers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it had the, the it had the five EQ or the four probably. Well, maybe no, it's five. So yeah. a, a, a middle boost, yeah, a volume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I still have my sixth grade boombox that had a four band. You felt like you were really uh, contributing to the music by adjusting the EQ. It made a difference. Yeah. Right? Yeah, you found your you found your sound, bro. You totally found your sound. Okay. And sometimes you could crank it more. You could make it louder by taking certain frequencies out so it wouldn't distort your right. boombox. Yeah, you cut out the low end and then you turn it all the way up. <laughs> crank it. So great. <laughs> Kids today, they're do miss- they do that? Now? They're missing out. No, they can't EQ Every, now. everything they have is just awesome out of the box. It's just they're listening. Like they just they just the have computer. like a Bluetooth speaker that has every frequency right. from like the low to high end, and everything's crystal clear, and they don't have to mess with anything. I mean, you can go into iTunes and mess with the EQ, but who would do that? No, who would do that? It's kind of cool that we got to do that. We probably made it sound worse, but whatever. Sure. We're just doing stuff. 
What were you gonna say? You're about to do something. Oh, uh, I was about to transition to my next tune. Oh, sweet. Because uh, speaking of um, jamming and making things really loud and uh, partying, that's what this song is. Oh, cool. So I. Um, this is your last jam. This is my last jam, and I. This one came out a couple weeks ago. And I, I heard an edit of it, and I wasn't totally fond of it, but then I heard the full single, and I was like, yes, this is perfect. So, it's Well, that's a, weird. You didn't like the radio edit. Yeah, I mean, it, well, it was like a video edit. Like, they had, like, a live uh, concert footage synced up with the video, but it was very abbreviated. Who is this? This is the Chemical Brothers. Oh, nice. Which uh, we have not... Well, that makes sense, because they could have an edit that might not... Right. That makes sense. Because, you know, they they need to build, and they need a crescendo, and then they need to break it down, and then they need to build again. And you can't do that in three minutes. So this is like the, the, the single. This is the, the five-minute uh, edit, I guess. And so, yes, the Chemical Brothers, the, uh, the UK big beat uh, electronic band... They haven't done anything in a while. Um, and so in September of 2018, they put out a single entitled Free Yourself, which I liked, but I wasn't necessarily so enamored with that I wanted to bring it to the pod. You weren't blown away. No, I wasn't blown away. And then they just came out with a new single. And so this is a, uh, an album called No Geography. Did they break up and they're back together or they kind of just stopped and now they're redoing stuff? Like, are they going to be headlining Coachella? I don't know. I don't know if they have dates um, already. I know that they're playing. Oh, gosh. Um, like, it seems like they're one of those bands that if they're back together, they're headlining glass. Right. I mean, they're, they're, I know they're headlining like uh, whatever the uh, Primavera, like the big uh, festival in Madrid. Mm hmm. They have a handful of big headline things coming up. Um, Man, that's cool. If yeah. you can like get back together and then headline someplace in Madrid. I don't think that they really necessarily broke up, but they just stopped doing stuff. So Born in the Echoes came out in 2015, and then uh, No Geography is the new record that's going to come out later this year. And so I wanted to play the second single off of the record that just came out, and uh, when I listened to it, okay, so like I said, the edit I wasn't so fond of, but when I listened to the, the, the full single, I loved it. And I loved it because, number one, it's kind of the ultimate Chemical Brothers song. It has every element. It's got the huge ramp up. Right. It's got every element of every great Chemical Brothers song ever. Um, and... It also, uh, God, what was the second point that I was trying to make? I'm so drunk right now. It also um, makes you want to party. It does make you want to party. Oh, um, so it, it has every aspect of every awesome Chemical Brothers song that you've ever listened to. And it's also more awesome the louder you listen to it so like it you know if you're just uh kind of listening to it over your headphones or over just like a desktop speaker 
you might be like, yeah, that's okay. But then if you play it over your stereo and you turn up the subwoofer and you turn up the volume, you will have a whole different appreciation for this tune. Like it's like this would be in a scene where someone's tra- chasing someone and train spotting. Sure. Yes. I'm sure that this will end up in all kinds of scenes and all kinds of movies and all kinds of TV shows <laughs> because it's that awesome. This uh, is entitled Ma or M-A-H or Mad as Hell. And it's the Chemical Brothers on HTWOW. I'm mad as hell. I ain't gonna take it. 
so good did you hear the cat yeah <laughs> i'm a i'm a i'm a sucker for that stuff though i love it i let me um should i go feed jet yeah probably i am always a uh sucker for the synth um dance band that just when you just go for it like right. it's a there's not even a breakdown it's just relentless yeah i love it and that man that could have come off any of their old stuff yeah it's definitely like i said it's the ultimate chemical brothers song it could come off of any of their classic records that is such a 90s throwback thing that they did there that's very cool do you remember their concert film uh no Mm-mm. Okay, so in 2012, and I saw this at North Park. You saw at theater. I went to the theater. So you know how like you'll go to uh, to like an AMC theater, and they'll have like the uh, the Fathom events, you know, like and it's some dumb opera or it's some you know I don't know wrestling thing. I don't know. You know what I'm talking about though. There, it's it's like a it's like a one-time engagement type thing. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. It's almost like there's a, it's a tour, and right. this is the one-night yeah, thing. Yeah, so they're like, Fathom Events, be yeah. here. So um, <laughs> they came out with 
a live uh, concert film in 2012 called Don't Think. and Which I've always thought is cool that you make this thing. See, this is what I thought the gorillas was going to be, is that they would make these films, and that was their... They're in town. Right. Like you you only get one showing of this and everyone shows up and parties for this showing of the thing. Right. And I I as I remember it, there it was just like one night and it was uh you know, at select theaters across the country. Could you drink there? Mm, well, I mean I think at the at the North Park I think you could get a beer. You know how they have like their little uh, well, that seems like lobby. it's a recent thing. Like, when was... Oh, so you said 2000... 2012. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that was already happening by then. Yeah. So, I mean, I yeah, I think I I think I double-fisted beers. Yeah. Believe it or not, when we were kids, uh, people, you couldn't drink in movies. I know. It's weird. It's totally weird. Because I think that you used to at the start of movie theatra. Really? I don't know. I don't know. Drunks. You know how our grandparents were. They were... Uh, they just brought their flask, <laughs> their their pocket flask in their breast pocket of their suit. Flask and some snuff. Uh huh. Which I never understood really what snuff is. It's real finely cut tobacco, right? And you huff it like no, cocaine. You, no, you just you put it between your cheek and gum. No, that's dip. What's the stuff that they used to? <laughs> Oh, they they would sniff tobacco. Yeah, wouldn't snuff something that they I don't would. Know. We'll look. At, we'll get westerns <laughs> out later. <laughs> so uh, don't, drinking's fun. Yes. Uh, so don't think came out in 2012, and I remember it was like a one night only thing, and so I went to North Park in Dallas, and I was probably one of maybe eight or ten people in the theater. No one came to see it. No one came to see it. But at some point, all like eight or ten of us were like standing up dancing. You were like <laughs> best friends. Yes. Yeah. We, I mean, we were all stupid. But um, no, what it was is uh, they recorded, they had like uh, 20 some cameras record their show at the Fuji Rock Festival in Japan in 2011. I know it. Yes. I do know what this and is. And so part of it, part of the movie. It's it's really really psychedelic and weird mm -hmm. if you watch it because like you'll be watching the show and so they'll have angles like in the crowd you know and you're like eye level with kids like jumping up and down <laughs> and then you'll have like wide shots where you can see the whole stage and all of the you know visuals that go along with the tunes yeah that's cool and then you'll have some like the the coolest was when they would have overhead. I love that. I and love you, the overhead. Yeah, because it's you know a lot of times with these kind of DJ and uh, electronic uh, artists, they they want to obscure what they're doing because they're not really doing anything. Mm -hmm. But there were a lot of really cool overhead things where you could see them punching things in and out, and you know queuing things up, and you know riding the faders and going from this to this and. You know, it's just it, you could sense how what a, what a finely tuned uh, duo they are, and how so much of of what they do live is well, live. I, I would say that they're definitely part of the group 
that were the last ones that were actually doing stuff. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's samples, it's loops, it's, you know, uh, you know, MIDI plugins they're, they're and doing stuff, but, but they're turning it on and turning it off and, and, uh, you know, phasing it in and phasing it out and, you know, yeah. whatever. Like basically if they all pass out, the show's not going to keep going. Right. And so th- that was really cool. But then they would also go to, you know, they, they had like a handheld camera that was out uh, on the outskirts, you know, outside of the tent, outside of the show. And they would follow like this super creepy geisha girl, like walking through the crowd and, Good. you know, and they would show like really tight shots of people that were like obviously on yeah. drugs. Now I remember, you know? I think I've seen scenes of this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think they probably cut it up into videos and put, yeah, put yeah, out yeah. videos. I've but seen bits of this. Okay. Yeah, the, the the whole video or the, the whole film, don't think, is really, really great if you are a Chemical Brothers fan because, you know, it's like a greatest hit set and then it has all this weirdness and all of these cool angles that you've never seen before. I love angles. And angles lists. are great. So, uh, you know. Well, it's cool that you played that because I'm... Especially because the laugh sample at the start and all this, it really goes into the big audio dynamite stuff. It's right. Like because they owe should, a, they owe a debt to Mick Jones. I I think that they would. You know what I mean? Especially if they're putting. If out you some, ask them, they would they would definitely call him out as an influence. I would guarantee it. Yeah, I would love to know um, around the timeline of say the Dust Brothers with the Beastie Boy stuff. Right. Well, and the, chemi- and the, the Chemical Brothers were the Dust Brothers, and then they had to change their name because of the Dust Brothers. Is that right? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, so the Chemical Brothers started out as the Dust Brothers, and then when the Dust Brothers hit with the keep, Paul's Boutique and everything. Is this the most learning episode it that is, we've ever It really had. is. I've, I didn't know that. I've never heard that in my life. That's awesome. Okay, cool. Well, I would love. I, I'd like to know the timeline of when we're talking about the sampling... Um, really throwing it into production. I mean, obviously people were doing sampling. You know, um, all the earliest rap stuff is samples right. of yeah. Kraftwerk. You know, the beats of Kraftwerk or like Billy Squire started a lot of early rap stuff. So, but I'd love to know the timeline of Big Audio Dynamite or if the Dust Brothers had anything to ever do with them, like if they ever crossed paths or... Because it seems like that one Beastie Boys record, um, Paul's Boutique, would have gone right in with uh, Big Audio Dynamite, or maybe Big Audio Dynamite was an influence for them. But I have no idea. I'm just talking and saying stuff because well, I've whatever been drinking. You're, whatever you're saying sounds great. It sounds like I know what I'm talking about, right? Do you want to get into Cat Update now? Or, oh, this is the last jam of the thing. Yeah, this is last jam. So do you want? Do you want to? Do you want to save the cat update for the last? Do you want to? Do you want to talk about your Christmas? My Christmas was pretty uh, normal. Um, I didn't have to travel. I have nothing on it. You know what I did get for myself? What? We have a new HD Wow American Lager sitting in the cabinet. Oh, to to brew to make. We have a new brew. Yes! It's been delivered. It's, it's been delivered and everything. It's ready to go. Okay, well, I'm not mentally prepared. We'll have to do it next time. 
No, we can't do it this time. No, no. It no. takes too much of a setup. But it is um, ready to go. All of the ingredients are here. Mm-hmm. We need to put a special HTWOW ingredient, whatever we decide, in there in the right. mix. Well, last time we said it was going to be one drop of each of our semen, and then <laughs> we cut that out of the episode. <laughs> we will not do that. Just one drop. That goes against every um, code, FDA, <laughs> anything that you could possibly do. Um, but we will think of something. Well, and we got to think of a name as well. Because we had the uh, Yacht, Rock, <laughs> Yacht, Yacht Rock Saison was our first uh, HTWOW brewing experiment. Do you want to know what the good thing about the Yacht Rock Saison is, really? That you still have one? No, I was going to save a bottle and I ran out of beer the other day and I was like, well, except for the ones that you bring that we don't drink that are uh-huh. still in the back of the sure. fridge. Yes. Um, and I drank it because it's delicious and I finished them all. That's good. Okay. Well, it's that, like that, when you're in a band the... and you made a bunch of CDs and they're all still sitting in the garage. We don't have any left. No. We're we, all sold out. They were good enough that we drank them all. They're all gone. That makes me feel good. And no one died. No. So that's a plus. Um, and that I wanted to keep drinking them. So the next one, mm-hmm. we're going to have an American lager. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to uh, compete with Budweiser. Yes. And we're going to bring them down. Yeah. Um, but let, yeah, you are right. Let's uh, Before I get to the last song and before... I don't want to talk about Cat after this next song. Let's, let's get to probably one of the heroes of the podcast. Fiona Apple. Let's get to Fiona Apple. By the way, just the other day, I had the reminder on my face space... That uh, it was the one-year adoptiversary of oh Fiona God. Apple. Yeah. Is it really? Around yeah. That's great. Yeah. So she is. Uh, I mean, she was born in like October, November, but we didn't get her until January because my daughter's birthday is is late January. Sweet. And she, so she was a birthday present for. So she's a year and a half. Yes. Uh, approaching a year and a half. Yeah. Yes. And she's a big old girl. She's beautiful. Uh, she's been on diet food. For pretty much the entire time that we've had her. Your cat. My cat, Fiona mm-hmm. Apple. And uh, if you've listened to previous episodes, you know that uh, I did teach Fiona Apple to shit on the toilet. Mm-hmm. Um, and that worked out for a good couple months. Good while. Good while. And then uh, it started to go haywire. And she started... Uh, preferring the corner of the rug in the dining room to her toilet. Is this because of the cleaning lady put that left the solution? I don't know. Yeah, that when I said I needed to have a talk with my help <laughs> that uh, yeah. maybe the the uh, the pine saw smell was uh, too much and it chased Fiona away from the toilet. I don't know. That'll I don't throw, know. That'll throw a cat off. That's yeah, crazy. so um, you know, I felt bad because there, I, I would, I kept finding, uh, you know, logs in the dining room, mm-hmm. and for the longest time, I was blaming dogs. I thought there were dog logs, and then, then uh, I guess at one point, the dogs were locked up, and there were logs, and I realized that it was uh, Fiona who had had enough of her pooping arrangement, and then I 
pulled the rug back and there was the giant TT stain, you know, like. What you does know. that mean? Like, what, what do you mean you pulled? She had soaked through the carpet. Like onto the wood floor? Yeah. Yeah, so oh. I had to air it out for like three days. Oh man, she really called it she, off. Yeah, she was she was doing everything. I mean, she she was uh, doing stuff in the uh, guest room. Uh huh. And then so I blocked off the guest room so she couldn't go in there. And then that's when she chose the dining room carpet. Sweet. So the uh, the so an anything but the toilet. Yes. Yeah, so the announcement that I have uh, to make now in front of all of you HTWOW listeners and you, Toby, mm -hmm. is that I caved and Fiona now poops in a litter box. She has a litter box. So toilet thing does not work in the long run. Well, depends on the cat. Uh, you know, my girlfriend and I believe that we have three of the dumbest animals on the face of the earth. Okay. And so I, I just think that Fiona is either too stubborn or too stupid to stick with the the toilet training. Or smart enough to blame it on the dog for as long as she can. Right. And then to manipulate me into buying her a doo-doo dome. Right. But, you know, I, I got one that is, it's not too big. Does Fiona get to go outside? On, or will she jump on, the fence? On the rare occasion, she gets supervised outdoor visits. Mm. Death row visits. Yes. Very, very brief. She gets to She's, walk the she, lawn. Yeah, she does not get to go out and, uh, you know, like I let my prowl, cats prowl the neighborhood. The... No, yes. Yeah. Yeah, she's not that cool. I mean, she's she still got her claws. She could still do some damage, but... She could still do stuff. Yeah, but she's an indoor cat. She wrecked any more furniture? Just the one chair. That's pretty much it. And the curtains? Well, yeah. And I had to throw away some curtains. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Man, I love the cat update. You know why I love the cat update? It's because it makes everyone else... It makes me know... We all realize that it's not just our animals that are ruining everything right. in the house. Your animals ruin all of your stuff too. Yeah, and that you know, makes me feel better. It's it, whenever you, uh, whenever you see like YouTube videos of like people being reunited with their dogs, or you see uh, like a heartwarming story about someone uh, adopting a kitten, you know that was abandoned. You know, it 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 warms your heart, and you think that animals are beautiful and perfect, but animals ruin your life and furniture. Yes, you you will. You there will are want many to, times you will want to kill them. How is Fiona Apple the singer doing? I have no idea. Hopefully, as well as Fiona Apple the cat. She seemed like she needed a few sandwiches in the early. I days. think she, she fixed her like snaggle tooth. Oh, she had a snaggle tooth or Jewel? Oh, Jewel had the snaggle. Oh, tooth. I guess I'm confusing her with Jewel. No, Jewel <laughs> had the. <laughs> Play Big Audio Dynamite. Okay, let's play a Big Audio Dynamite song. I want to jam. Okay, this is... Here's the deal. A lot of people... You know how easy it would have been for... And this is why I was so happy to find out about the Tenderness song. Yes. That... And how... How close was that after the clash? Right. That 
he's moving on to other things. And during the class, he's moving on to other things. You can stick with your crowd, and he could have just been punk clash guy. Even if they really are punk, I don't, would you say they're punk? Yeah, I mean, they started out that way at least. They would have been leather jackets with the clash on the back. Yeah. So they're punk. Mm-hmm. So he could have stayed safe and stuck with his people, but it's like for the rest of his life, he just wants to piss his people off. Right, like he he wants to do something that all of his punk fans will think is uh, it makes him a poof. Exactly, like he just wants to do something different every time. And so after the clash, if you do this, especially makes him sort of a genius recording-wise, and you can tell he's in a lot of studios, is because he's one of the first guys to really dive into sampling and and all of this it it's even awkward in the songs because you can tell it's the early days of sampling so it they're triggering stuff necessarily line up perfectly there's no pro tools there's no uh, fixing stuff after the fact i loved it right from the start except for the hat thing i don't want to give them the credit of the stupid flat hat but they definitely did when you think of big audio dynamite don't you think of it yeah you think of the bad hats and then the other version later on when the rest of the guys, he kind of did it all on his own. Then yeah, it was came... like B.A.D. 2. Yeah, he's B.A.D. 2. And I think their biggest songs were from B.A.D. 2. But, right. But my favorite stuff from them is from their first record. Tough to pick the one I wanted to do, but this one's the classic Big Audio Dynamite song. Do you know what I'm going to play? Did we discuss this? I think we did, but I forgot already. It's the E equals... Oh, E equals MC squared? Yeah. Sweet! So, Big Audio Dynamite, E equals MC squared on... H. T. Wah. Something about the past 
I mean, it's 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 long. It's long. I'm pretty sure that there was a radio edit at some point. Right. The third and the fourth verse could be completely taken out. Right. But just the uh, 
as we were talking about while I was playing, just the very uh, summertime top-down aspect of it, and just the the random horn sample and so different from the Clash. It's so different from the I Clash, mean, it's but like... it, but it's uh, it it you know it, it could be something that came out today, honestly. Yeah, it's great. I always wonder like. What did Joe Strummer think when he's probably living in New York at this time? Right. And, and he gets the big audio dynamite thing and is like, holy crap. But then again, he he, know, he knew him really well, so he probably thought for sure he was going to do this. You know, I think Mick Jones is kind of a genius. Yeah. I. We're going to have to play some other big audio dynamite later on the the HTWOW After Dark because this isn't even the hits. Yeah, I, I know mean, because it, it this just like kind of whets your appetite. It makes you remember, and they, I mean they had a lot of garbage. To be frank, I mean every big audio dynamite record would have like three, four good songs and then a bunch of mishmashed garbage. Sure. Yeah. Is that the greatest hits record is the one to get. Right. Because they also, they're not that far from each other. Like, I forgot that Rush, which was their biggest song ever. Was that like 86? Was kind of, no, it was after that, I think. It, and it was probably their biggest one. I thought it was closer to these tunes, but it was Big Audio Dynamite 2. Oh, was it? Yeah. Like Rush and Globe and all that. And Big Audio Dynamite 2 is basically when it's just him by himself. Okay, so I remember... Uh, I remember Megatop Phoenix in 89, and then The Globe was 91. Yeah, and that, that had, makes that sense. that had Rush yeah. and The Globe. And that's probably when they were when he was at his biggest. Right, was and, that was, and that was Big Audio Dynamite 2. Yeah, and... That's also around the time where, like, there were bands like EMF and Jesus Jones, right? You know, that kind of popped up his formula. Exactly, and they were doing the cool stuff. You know, he kind of invented it. Like, he wasn't a synth. He wasn't a DJ guy. Right. He was using DJ stuff to make pop songs. It's kind of cool. Yeah. So, Big Audio Dynamite Two was ninety-one to ninety-three. Yeah. So the globe, and then uh, down at wh- the whatever, globe. Whatever happened after that? God, we need to play that later. Yeah. I'm glad that you decided to do this because it makes me want to party. It makes me want to party, but it okay. also makes me want to go back and listen to Clash records and find Clash records that I don't have, and also makes me want to listen to Big Audio Dynamite records, and it makes me. Realize what a badass Mick Jones was, and still is. And you need to. And I, and that you I need to get into general public. Yeah, that bit. I that I totally missed the boat on general public. That that's a a a, a standard of '80s pop that They're I had really no idea weird. about. Really weird that that one bypassed you. That's crazy. I know. I I'm embarrassed. <laughs> don't kick me off the I podcast. I don't think it's. I don't think it's that serious, Dave. It's okay. But but yeah, that was fun. Yeah, I thought we... uh, This might be one of our more eclectic ones because Mick Jones is all over the map himself and then, you know, I went like Manchester shoegazy to uh, 
to Nashville um, Swamp Rock to then uh, Big Beat Chemical Brothers rave music. I know, that's great. That's a good drive. Yeah, I mean, if you listen to this entire thing and uh, you enjoyed all of these tunes, then you get a merit badge. Yeah, and if you want to keep listening to tunes, go to your list. Go to your Spotify list when this is over. Just click onto your onto that thing. Right, yes. If you want to uh, do a, a HTWOW shuffle, just uh, search HTWOW on Spotify. You'll find the podcast, but then you'll also find a playlist of every song we've ever played on the pod. Yeah, if you just want to listen to so If you just want to party, you know, if you just want to pretend that, like, we're DJing a little house party for you, then you can do that. Or if someone at a party goes, hey, man, why don't you DJ for a while, and you don't feel like it? Right, then just put on the HTWOW playlist. Just do that. And then they'll be like, oh, my God, you are a genius. You're, you're sort And you of can take genius. all the credit. And if you... uh want to hear more go to oldwaver.com and click on premium and sign up to be a, a patron and you can hear HTWOW after dark when we'll play all the crap that we said we were going to play later and we'll also be way way more drunk yeah if you think we sound dumb now just wait just, just wait just wait how we normally talk to each other we might make out. I mean, I was telling after Taylor picked out this terrible beer for us that we were doing this episode shirts off. Really? And he was like, "What?" And I was like, "Just picture it. <laughs> just, just feel of it for a second. Well, uh, you know, who knows? Who we'll knows? see. You want to hear let's, some? Let's close it out with a little bit more transmission. All right, this bro. is gonna just come out of nowhere. Are you ready? Uh, uh, yeah, you're just gonna punch in wherever it is. Let's see what happens here. One, two, three, go. Almost. You're so close. One, two, three, go. so much.